Now from this ayah onwards, several commands are given. And all of these commands, they basically close any possible door to zina. Alright? Because there was an accusation of zina. Alright? In the story that we learned, the context of these ayat. So here we are given certain commands that if we observe them, if we follow them, then what will happen? Any door that leads to zina, that will be closed. Or any distrust in relationships, inshallah, that will go away. Any misunderstandings that could come up in relationships, they would also be avoided. And of course, these commands, they also teach us about the etiquette of, of living, you know, happily, properly in a society so that you are safe, others are safe, there's peace in the society, people don't feel threatened from one another, they're safe in their homes, their privacy is respected. So this is what the following commands are about. And remember that all of these commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given over here, what are they? What did we learn in the first ayah of Surah An-Nur? Suratun anzalnaha wa faradnaha. So they are fard. And when they are fard, they are an obligation. What does it mean? We don't have any choice with regards to them. That means we have to observe them. When we have to observe them, we better know them properly. And in order to know them properly, what is necessary? That we pay attention to what is being said over here. Now remember that of the objectives of Islamic law, is preservation of people's property and protection, preservation of their lives. So for example, in our religion, theft is something that is forbidden. Why? Because then people's property is not safe. Their belongings are not safe. Their wealth is not safe. Right? Likewise, people's lives are also sacred. And this means that we should not frighten others. We should not threaten them. Right? Why? Because it could affect their health. It could seriously affect their health. You know, somebody showed me this video of a prank. Alright, that was being done and they basically frightened a man and he fell. He basically had a heart attack. He had a heart attack because somebody scared him in the park. Now, yes, you're getting a lot of laughter out of scaring somebody and uploading those videos and people are watching those videos and having fun watching them. But... People's lives are in danger. Their health is in danger. You know in a hadith we learn, it is not appropriate for a believer, that he frightens, he scares his Muslim brother or sister. Why? Because that is a threat to their life. That is a threat to their health, their safety, their well-being. So over here we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us the etiquette, the adab of isti'dhan. What is isti'dhan? Isti'dhan is from idhn. And idhn is permission. Isti'dhan is to seek permission, to ask for permission. And this isti'dhan must be observed when we are entering someone's house or their private space. Don't just walk in. Don't just go in without permission. Because if you do that, first of all, it will scare them. They will feel threatened by your presence, right? And if somebody sees you in their house while they were gone and you just came into their house, they come inside and they find you inside, they wonder, what have you taken? Right? Why did you come? What have you done in their house? So they're going to lose their trust in you. Correct? Likewise, 
respecting other people's privacy. If a husband sees his wife constantly going through his phone, what is he going to feel? She doesn't trust me. Right? She doesn't trust me. If a wife is constantly being questioned about where did you go and how long did you stay and which grocery store did you go to and where did you park and who was behind you and who was with you. I mean, what does it show? There's no trust in relationship. Respect other people's privacy, their private space. Respect it. So this is what isti'dan is all about. When you enter someone's private space, their home, their bedroom, seek permission before you enter. This ensures safety of lives. This ensures safety, preservation of wealth. And this also ensures safety or preservation of relationships, which is very important for a healthy society. So what do we learn over here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, لَا تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا Do not enter buyutan houses. Buyut is a plural of bayt. And bayt, remember, is a maskan, meaning a residence, a place where a person lives. Because bata yabitu is to spend the night somewhere. So bayt is a place where you spend the night. Right? So it could be your house, or in your house, it could be your bedroom. You understand? So for example, in one situation, bayt is the house. So for example, a man, his house is which one? the house where his wife lives, the house where his children live, that is his house. That is his bait. Alright? But, for example, for you as a teenage girl, right, your bait is what? The room where you sleep in. So before your brother enters into that room, it's not his room. Right? Before he enters that room, he needs permission. You understand? So, لَا تَدُخُلُوا بُيُوتًا you understand the meaning of the word buyut? Bayt? It's the place where a person lives and specifically where he sleeps. This can apply to a bedroom. This can apply to an entire house depending on who it is. Alright? That is coming in. So Allah says, do not enter houses. Which houses? غَيْرَ buyutikum, Which are not your houses. The house that is not yours. The room that is not yours. So for example, you are entering your parents' bedroom. You are going to your sister's house. You are going to your friend's house. You are going to your neighbor's house. Or in your house, you are going to your brother's bedroom. What does Allah say? Do not enter a house, a room that is not yours. This doesn't mean you're not allowed in there at all. Hatta until, meaning only enter after. After what? Hatta, first of all, tasta'nisu. And secondly, watusallimu ala ahliha. Two etiquette we're being taught over here. First of all, tasta'nisu. Tasta'nisu is from the root letters, hamza noon seen, uns. And what does uns mean? Familiarity. So tasta'nisu from the word istinas, istinas is to seek uns, to seek familiarity. Meaning, acquaint yourself, familiarize yourself. Alright? Meaning the people who are inside should know that you want to come in. They should know who you are and what you're doing over here. They should know. 
Don't just barge in. Don't just go in. Don't just walk in. Tasta'nisu. Familiarize yourself. Acquaint yourself. Let them know you. And istinaz hatta tasta'nisu. This can be understood in two ways. Firstly, it means isti'dhan. Meaning seek permission. So tasta'nisu, what does it mean? Tasta'dinu. Meaning do not enter except after you have taken permission. So seek approval before entry. So for example, at home, right? It's nighttime. You want to go talk to your mom. Your mother is in her room. The door is closed. Don't just go open the door and walk in. You can't do that. What do you have to do? Tasta'nisu. And what does tasta'nisu mean? Seek permission first. And tasta'nisu, secondly, can also be understood as isti'lam. Isti'lam from ilm. Meaning make yourself known. Make yourself known before you enter. So for example, you're going into your mom's room. Alright? It's night time. And the door is closed. So the first thing you have to do is, you have to take permission. But, come on, it's your mom. You don't just knock on the door and say, Mom, may I please enter? Right? The lights are on. Alright? So what can you do? You can say something like, uh, before you enter, uh, Hey mom, mom, you, you know, say something so that she knows you are coming. You understand? She knows you are coming. Don't just walk into her private space and shock her and, and frighten her and scare her. Don't do that. So depending on who you are, depending on where you're going, depending on what time you're going at, either you will need permission before you enter, or you will have to make yourself known before you enter. Is this clear? Hmm? Like for example, my father, this is what I've always seen him doing. Even when he would come into our room, right? What would he do? He would cough. He would cough, always. My Qur'an teacher, whenever he would come to teach us Qur'an at home, we would hear his keys. Right? He would shake his keys. And the keys, they meant, okay, our Qur'an teacher is here. Right? And even inside the house, once he's been admitted into the house, as he's making his way into the room where he's going to teach us, he wouldn't just go in like that. Because it's quite possible that the person who's inside the room or who's in the next room, they don't know he's here because they didn't open the door, they didn't hear him coming, they didn't see him coming. So a woman might come out without her hijab, alright, without realizing that he's outside. So what would he do always when he would be in our house going from one place to the other? His keys would constantly be moving. Constantly. So that... Any person, anywhere in the house, you know, they would know he's here. This is what? Isti'lam. Making yourself known. Making your presence known. And especially men need to learn this etiquette. So my dear sisters, teach this adab to your boys from a young age. And inshallah we will learn about this, that teach your children about this etiquette. Remind your husbands also. Because many times it happens that, for example, in a workplace where there are women and men working, Men just walk in, alright? And it's difficult. Or for example, at home, or at a sister's party, or a women's gathering, you know, a person in the house, for example, your son, big son, he's at home, he's upstairs, and he needs to go, without even making his presence known, he just comes down the stairs, and all the girls, they're dressed up with their you know, hijab off, their hair out, and what happens? He just comes in, or he just comes down the stairs, and he sees everybody, and all the girls are like, ah, running away. <laughs> right? It's awkward. 
So when he's coming down the stairs, teach him. He should make his presence known. Alright? I remember this friend of mine, her brother, let's assume his name was Abdullah. Okay? He would always say, Abdullah's coming in. Abdullah's going in the kitchen. Abdullah's going upstairs. Right? Because whenever we would be over, all the girls, I mean, he wouldn't be restricted in the room because that's not fair to him either. Right? But at the same time, girls are free at the house. They're sitting in the living room or whatever. So they should know if a man is coming or going. Right? So this is part of our deen. This is part of our deen. Because you know what we've done? We've gone to extremes. Either we observe no hijab or we don't observe this isti'dan etiquette at all. You know, men, women are together everywhere. No hijab, no respect for other people's privacy. Or there is a hundred percent partition between men and women. So a man is like 50 feet away. Brother is coming. Everybody cover up head to toe. And brother, you look down and you don't even talk to anybody and you go away from here. This is not our deen. This is not a natural way of living. What is a natural way of living? That a woman, when she's somewhere at home, she has a right to dress the way she wants. I mean, of course it has to be appropriate, but I mean, if you go to somebody's house, it's not fair that you have to keep your abaya hijab on and keep your face covered the whole time. It's not fair. Nor is it fair to the men of the house that they are locked in one room or kicked out of the house. That's not fair either. Right? Because it's not practical in every situation. This is not how life is meant to be. Our religion has taught us how to coexist. Not to cut off from one another. And we need to learn how to coexist inside the house as well. In a workplace as well. And this is the adab that we are being taught. That before you enter into somebody else's house, you must not enter except after tasta'nisu. So what are the two meanings of tasta'nisu? Either isti'dhan or isti'lam. In some situations you will have to seek permission. Or in other situations you will have to make yourself known before you enter. Secondly, what do we have to do? What to salimu? And also say salam. Say the greeting. Ala ahliha upon its people. Which people? The people of that house. Meaning when you're coming in, you've been granted permission, right? Or you have made yourself known, and now you're coming in, say salam. Say salam. What to salimu ala ahliha? Don't just come in and uh, go and mind your own business and go away. When you come in, say salam. Right? Because sometimes what happens? In a women's gathering and a man has to come and do something, and he comes and he acts as if you're not even there, you don't even exist. I'm not saying that he should have a very casual, funny conversation with every woman over there. But there is absolutely no harm in the man coming in, saying one salam to everybody, doing his stuff, and going away. There's no harm in doing that. تُسَلِّمُ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا Say salam to the people who are inside. And also when going home, when going to anybody's house, when you enter, say assalamu alaykum. Right? Greet everybody. ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ That is better for you. Better for you than what? Than entering without permission. Or entering without making yourself known. Or entering without saying the salam. ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ What Allah has taught us is better for us. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ Perhaps you will be reminded, meaning remember the good in this conduct and observe it. 
فَإِنْدَنْ إِفْ لَمْ تَجِدُوا You do not find فِيهَا in it. Where? In that house. So for example, you're going to your neighbor's house. Right? You don't just open the door and go in. What do you do? You knock on the door in order to take permission. And you say, As-salamu alaykum, so that they hear you. They know who you are. But what happens? You knock, no answer. You knock, no answer. You knock, no answer. So if you don't find anybody inside, then what should you do? Force your way in. Yeah? You go to your mom's bedroom and you're knocking on the door. And you're saying, Mom, Mom, can I come? Dad, can I come? If there's no answer, what does Allah say? Start banging the door? Break the door? Just go in anyway? No. فَلَا تَدْخُلُوهَا Then do not enter it. Do not go into somebody's bedroom. Do not go into somebody's house without permission. If nobody's there, permission is not given, then just go back. Don't go in. Do not enter حَتَّى يُؤْذَنَ لَكُمْ Until permission is given to you. So what do we learn over here? At any cost, do not enter somebody's house, somebody's bedroom without permission, without isti'dan. Do not do that. Because if you do so, what will happen? You might see something that is not correct for you to look at, right? People inside may get annoyed. They didn't want you inside at that time. They were having a private conversation or they were doing something and they didn't want to be disturbed. They didn't allow you to enter. And if you enter anyway, you're going to offend them. You're disturbing them. Right? And if let's say nobody's inside and you got no answer, you realize that nobody's inside, you're like, but I just have to put this inside. I just have to give her dishes. So you open the door and you go in, you know, from the back door or something, and you put the dishes inside and as you're walking out, the owner of the house comes in. Is that nice? No, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to consider you as a friend anymore. What were you doing in their house? So at any cost, do not enter somebody's house without permission. حَتَّى يُؤْذَنَ لَكُمْ Okay, another scenario. What if you go, you knock, you know she's inside, but she's not letting you in. Or she says, I'm busy right now. Can you please come five minutes later? Can you please come after half an hour? I'm sorry, I can't answer the door right now. So if somebody doesn't allow us to enter, what should we do? Feel offended? And then when they come to us, we say, go away. Do not enter my room. You know, like siblings do. Right? This is my room. You see this line? It's my room. Do not step on this carpet. If you do so, you're not safe. Right? I mean, fighting. I've done this too, and I'm sure many people have done it. You know, and then you play around, you're like, here, here, I stepped into your room. <laughs> right? So, you know, we take revenge. Somebody didn't allow us in, we say, okay, I'll never allow you in. What does Allah say? وَإِنْ قِيلَ لَكُمْ But if it is said to you, irji'u, go back, return. Meaning, don't come in right now then get offended. No, Allah says, فَرْجِعُ Then go back. Go back. Don't insist. Don't force your way in. Go back. If somebody says they are busy, don't say, but only two minutes. Only one minute. Only 30 seconds. And you ask for 30 seconds, then you take 10 minutes. Don't do that. If you're told, I'm busy, please go. Later inshallah, then do not get offended. فَرْجِعُ Go. هُوَ أَزْكَى لَكُمْ That is purer for you. Cleaner for you. What is cleaner for you? 
to accept that rejection. It's cleaner for you. You were not granted permission, accept it and go. That is cleaner for you. How is it cleaner? If you get offended in your heart, is that clean for your heart? No way. If you force yourself in, you might see something which is not appropriate. Right? And that is not clean. If you insist, no, no, please let me in. Please. I'm telling you, just let me in. Open the door. I'm ordering you. And if you don't, then this and this will happen. Well, your relationship with them is just ruined. Uh, I mean, of course, uh, they've asked you, right? So that is an exceptional situation. Yeah, I mean, if they've told you, like for example, your mother, she's going to sleep and she tells you, please wake me up at this and this time. I mean, she's told you, wake me up. How are you meant to wake up? By knocking on the door? She might not hear the knock, right? So uh, again, waking somebody up, that should be done properly as well. Right? Because sometimes uh, we wake people up in in such a way that they get frightened. Right? Go ahead. It depends. So for example, parents, do they need permission before entering into their daughter's room? So for example, a father, if he's coming into his adult daughter's room after Isha, or even during the day her bedroom door is closed, she might be changing inside. Right? I mean, she's closed the door for a reason. He shouldn't just barge in. Alright? Of course, if the son or the daughter is married, then for sure, they need permission before entering. Right? So, هُوَ أَزْكَى لَكُمْ That is pure for you. وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ And Allah is aware of whatever you do. So when you enter somebody's house or somebody's room without permission, nobody's there, nobody's watching you, Allah knows what you're doing. So fear Allah. What do we learn from these two verses? That it is not permissible for a person to enter someone's private space without permission right now forget about entering physically all right it is also not allowed to enter your vision into somebody else's house or private space without permission in a hadith we learn this hadith is in bukhari that once a man he peeped through a round hole right into the house of the prophet sallallahu so there must have been a hole somewhere maybe in a wall or something. And he was looking through that hole inside the house of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ, he had this comb, you know, that he was passing through his hair. So he was brushing his hair. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, had I known that you were looking, he realized afterwards that man was looking inside his house. He said, had I known that you were looking through the hole, I would have pierced your eye with this comb. I would have struck you with the skull directly at your eye. And he said, Verily, the order of taking permission to enter has been enjoined because of this sight. That you shouldn't look into somebody's room, you shouldn't look into somebody's house. When the door is closed, when the windows are closed, a person is in his house, he's in his private space, relaxing, whatever he's doing, it's none of your business. You shouldn't look inside. إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِسْتِئْذَانِ مِنْ أَجْلِ الْبَصَرِ Istidhan has been ordained because of vision. And this means that we shouldn't be looking into other people's house through doors, through windows, alright, from between the shutters or from under the shutters. We shouldn't be doing that. 
Because sometimes this is what many people are obsessed with. You know, being outside and just looking in, inside other people's houses, neighbors' houses, right? Or neighbors' apartments, or people across the building, their apartment. Oh, I think the TV is on. Huh? What's on the TV? Is it the game? What has that got to do with us? Right? Or looking into other people's houses. Oh, I think that's a bedroom. Hmm. That means they have four bedrooms. Oh, okay. That looks like a bathroom. Pretty big window for a bathroom. What have you got to do with their private space? This is not allowed. Remember that this is also a sin, looking into somebody's house without permission. In a hadith in Adab al-Mufrad, we learn that it is not lawful for a Muslim to look inside a house until he has been given permission. It is not lawful for a Muslim to look inside somebody's house until he has been given permission. And if he does so, meaning if he still looks into their house, then he has entered. Then it's as though he has entered. And he has entered without permission. He has entered his vision without permission. So it's as though he has entered and he has disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what is the etiquette? What is the conduct? How is it that we should take permission? We learned that once in a hadith in Musnad Ahmad, a man came to the Prophet wasallam's door. Right? And he said, A'aliju? A'aliju? May I get in? And aliju wuluj, it doesn't just mean enter. It means, you see, wuluj is to insert one thing in another. Alright? Like Allah makes the night enter into the day. Alright? Yaliju. He makes the night enter into the day and the day enter into the night. And the word wuluj is also used over there. So you understand like, may I just get in? May I get in? So he said, aliju. The Prophet ﷺ said to his servant, he does not know how to. Seek permission. Go and tell him that he should say, Assalamu alaykum, a'adkhulu. Go and teach him that he should say, Assalamu alaykum, may I enter? This is the etiquette. So for example, sometimes when we're going into somebody's house, open the door. Open. Right? We're just yelling. No salam, no adab. Yani, this is something that does not befit a decent believer, right? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, instead of nicely knocking, banging. Or kicking. Forget about banging, kicking the door. Right? And if nobody's at the door, within two seconds, then there goes the doorbell. It's like your, your hand just froze there. You know, and if, if nobody's come in, then going to the window, if the window is open, hello? Can somebody open the door? This is not the etiquette. What's the etiquette? Assalamu alaikum. That's the first thing that you should say. Salam. May I come in? May I enter? Right? So seek permission properly. In another hadith, we learn that a particular companion who embraced Islam very later, and this is after the conquest of Mecca, he entered upon the Prophet ﷺ, and he did not say the salam, nor did he seek permission. So he just walked in. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Irjir, go back, فَقُلْ then say, Assalamu alaikum a'adkhul. Go back and say, Assalamu alaikum, may I enter? So that companion, he went back and he said, Assalamu alaikum, may I enter? And the Prophet ﷺ allowed him to enter. So what does it teach us? That when we're teaching children also, right? Children or people who are newly learning these etiquette, teach them how to do it. All right. One more thing that we should remember is that when we are taking permission, right? when we are, for example, knocking on the door or 
we want to speak to the person inside, what should we do? We should not stand right in front of the door. So that when they open, we're in their face. And we're looking straight into their house. No. What is the etiquette? In a hadith in Abu Dawood, we learn a man came. And he stood at the door. And he stood facing the door. Alright? Remember when you hear the word door, it doesn't just mean a wooden door with a knob on it and you open it. Alright? Bab is basically the place of entry. So at that time, doors had curtains on them. Alright? It wasn't like a door that you open and shut. It's a door meaning an entryway with a curtain on it. So this man came and he stood facing the door, meaning facing the curtain. And the Prophet ﷺ said to him, away from the door. Meaning don't stand in front of it. Either stand on this side or stand on the other side. Stand on the side. Asking permission is meant to escape from the look of the eye. Meaning if you're standing in front of the door, then as soon as the curtain is lifted, then you look straight inside. And the point is that you don't look inside. Otherwise, just come in. Otherwise, there's no need to have doors and curtains. In another hadith in Abu Dawood, we learned that when the Prophet ﷺ came to someone's door, he did not face the door. لَمْ يَسْتَقْبِلِ الْبَابَ مِنْ تِلْقَاءِ وَجْهِهِ This was his etiquette. He would not face the door. He would not have his face in the direction of the door. He would not be standing in front of the door. Rather, he would be on the right or the left side of it. And he would say, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum, So that he would be known to the people who were inside. So this is one etiquette, right? Don't stand in front of the door. Alright. Another etiquette is that the person who is seeking permission, he should let himself be known. Alright? So for example, you knock on the door and you don't say anything. Just a knock. And the person inside is like, who is it? So for example, you're knocking on your sister's door. She's like, who is it? Me. Who? Me. Who? Me. Well, who does she know what me is? Who me is? Right? So this happened with the Prophet ﷺ also once. That he was in his house, somebody knocked, and he said, Man Who is it? And Jabir anhu, he said, Ana. I. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Ana, Ana. As if he disliked it. Right? Meaning, meaning don't say that. Don't just assume that the person recognized you. Let yourself be known if they ask you, who is it? Don't get offended that they didn't recognize you by the way you knocked or from your voice. Okay if they didn't recognize you. You know, sometimes on the phone it happens. Right? Somebody starts talking to you as if they know you from a hundred years and you're like, um, who am I speaking to? Oh, you seriously didn't recognize me? Guess. Guess. I hate that game. I think it's very evil. Anyway, the Prophet ﷺ did not like that. So let the other person know who you are. Alright, one more thing we should remember is that when we are seeking permission to enter, we should do it a maximum of three times, not more than that. So for example, you go knock on the door, once, no answer. You said, Assalamu alaikum, also no answer. So you knock second time, with Assalamu alaikum, no answer. You knock the third time, with Assalamu alaikum, no answer. Then what should you do? Keep knocking, and keep knocking, and keep knocking. Right? Just keep knocking on the door until the person gets so annoyed that they let you in. No. A maximum of three times. And this also goes for calling people, please. Because sometimes you look at your phone, 13 missed calls from the same number. Oh my God, was there an emergency? You call back immediately. 
Oh, where did you put the chocolate cake? Upstairs or downstairs? Seriously, you call me 13 times while I'm in class to find out where the chocolate cake is? Like you would think somebody's in the hospital or something because they called 13 times. So keep it to a limit of how many times? Three times. Because this is the adab that the Prophet ﷺ taught. In a hadith we learn that once Abu Musa al-Ashari, he went to Umar anhu's house. And he knocked, he said, Salam, may I enter once? No answer. So basically he did it three times, no answer. He went back. And then after some time, Umar anhu found out that Abu Musa had come to see him. So he asked him that, why didn't you ask again? I mean, if I didn't hear you three times, maybe I was busy. You should have asked again. He said, because I heard the Prophet ﷺ saying that if any one of you asks the permission to enter three times and permission is not given, then he should return. Then he should return. Don't ask more than three times. Because a person might be busy inside. Right? And you don't want to keep annoying them or keep disturbing them by knocking, knocking, knocking. It's not appropriate. All right. One more thing, is it possible to allow some people to enter like without permission? Right? Can you make an exceptional case for individuals? Yes, you can. So for example, the Prophet ﷺ, he told Abdullah bin Mas'ud. Abdullah bin Mas'ud was related to him, he was young. right? So he told him that the sign that you have been permitted to come into my house is that you raise the curtain, all right? you raise the curtain and you hear me speaking. Meaning, when you raise the curtain, I don't say anything to you. I continue with my conversation. I don't stop until, meaning unless I forbid you. Right? Unless I forbid you. So in other words, he was giving him the permission to come in without saying, Assalamu alaikum a'adkhul. Alright? He was making an exception for him. And he said that when you're coming in, you just lift the curtain. Alright? And if I don't stop you, then that means you can come in. And I carry on with my conversation, that means you're allowed. But if I stop talking, and as you're lifting the curtain, I say, who is it? Then that means you need to ask me. So what do we learn from this? That if there are certain people who are allowed to come in, into your private space, into your house all the time, then you can come to some mutual understanding. So that each time there is no inconvenience in, Assalamu alaikum, may I come in? Assalamu alaikum, may I come in? You understand? All right. Another thing we learn is that istidhan is necessary on entering a house other than your house. Right? This is what we learn in the ayah. Go ahead. Yes. Jazakillah khair for bringing that up. That if you know somebody wants to come in and you say, I'm busy right now, You tell them that come later on. They ask you, why? What were you doing? What are you doing? Well, there is certainly something that they're doing that you have nothing to do with, which is why they didn't let you in. Right? So don't invade into other people's privacy. Alright, so istidhan is necessary on entering a house other than your house. Buyutikum, what are your houses? The ulama have defined your house is the house of your wife. Meaning for a man, his house is the house of his wife. Whether it's a house or a room. You understand? A house or a room. Okay. So those who are singles, for them, what is their house? The house in which they live? Or the room in which they live? Right? So when we are entering somebody else's room, 
we need permission. When we're entering somebody else's house, we need permission. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, عَلَيْكُمْ أَن تَسْتَأْذِنُوا عَلَىٰ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ You must take permission from your mothers before entering their house. So for example, if a son is not living in the same house anymore, and he goes to his mother's house, for instance, he should take permission before entering. Not just walk in. So she's scared, who is this man? Right? Don't frighten him. Or likewise, if he is living in the same house, before he enters into his mother's room, what does he need? What does he need? Permission. Same goes to the sister. Ata, he said that I asked Ibn Abbas, should I seek permission from my sisters before entering? And he said, yes. He said, but they live in the same house. And he said, yes. Would you like to see them while they are undressed? You wouldn't like to see that. So, before you enter, seek permission. And you see sometimes, it's very normal that a woman is in the house, a girl is in the house. Alright? You know, for example, as the family grows, as the family members increase, the daughter is married, the son is married. Alright? Now the son's wife is not mahram to the daughter's husband. Is she? They're not mahram, right? Now, the son's wife is at home, she's doing dishes. For instance... In her in-law's house. She's doing dishes. And for that, she takes her hijab off. She rolls up her sleeves. Alright? Or she's mopping the floor. So she even rolls up her pants. For example. And now what happens? For instance, the daughter's husband has to come in. He's going to his in-law's house. If you think about it, it's his in-law's house. Should he just walk in without permission? No, he shouldn't. He should take permission before coming in. Because... He's not the only one who lives in that house or who's visiting that house. There are other people as well. Right? Even between a brother and a sister, it's possible that you are doing your dishes and you take your hijab off and your shirt is kind of not that loose or the neck is not that high and you're doing dishes and you wouldn't want your brother to just come in and see you in that state. Is it appropriate? It's not. So when you're living with other relatives or you are going to a house where there are many relatives, don't just think you can walk in like that. And this is especially for men if you think about it. Right? It's especially for men. Go ahead. Exactly. That It's not just that a man should take permission before entering into a house where his mother is or where his sisters are. Even where his wife is. He doesn't need permission there, but he needs to do isti'lam over there. So for example, we learn that whenever the Prophet ﷺ would be traveling and he would return to Medina, he wouldn't just go to the house like that. What would he do? First he would go to the masjid so that everybody would know, okay, the caravan has returned. The men are here. Right? In a hadith we learn that if you enter at night, meaning after coming from a journey, do not enter upon your family. Just like that. Give them some time so that they can prepare. When the man goes to his house, what should he do? He should say salam. Ibn Mas'ud's wife Zainab radiallahu anha, she said that when Abdullah would come back from some errand and he would reach the door, he would clear his throat. <clears throat> and then he would come in. And then he would come in. Because sometimes even a wife could be in a state where she doesn't want her, you know, her husband to see her like that. Her hair is all over, she's messy. Right? She wants to be, you know, in a good state when her husband walks in. Of course. Of course, that even when it comes to conversations, 
right? Eavesdropping is something that is not appropriate. If we're not allowed to look at other people's private possessions, enter into their private space, then how can we be listening to their private conversations? In a hadith in Adab al-Mufrad, we learn Musa ibn Talha. He said, this is very interesting now, he said that I entered where my mother was with my father. So Musa ibn Talha, Musa is going with Talha. Talha is who? His father. He said, I'm going with my father to a place where my mother was, so maybe it's the room or the house. So he said, he went in and I followed him. So he turned and moved me back. He turned and moved me back. And he said, will you enter without permission? It's okay for me to enter without permission because she's my wife. But she's your mother. And you need permission from your mother before you enter into her room, into her private area. Right? Because, I mean, she is in her private room. She may be not wearing her hijab properly. It's not appropriate that her son just walks in like that. Older son. I mean, children, it's different. Inshallah, we will learn about that as well. And remember that this command is not just for men, it's also for women. Um Ilyas, she said that we were four women who would often visit Aisha radiallahu anha. But before we would enter, we would seek permission. If she gave us permission, we would enter. Otherwise, we would leave. So for example, your sister's room. Don't just walk in. Oh, girls. Right? It's okay if she's changing in front of me. No, it's not okay. Who said it's okay? It's not acceptable. When you enter into your sister's room, also if the door is closed, that means she wants you out of there. So before you enter, take permission. You're going to your friend's house, take permission before you enter. Right? And now one more thing. How to take permission? How to knock on the door? We learn in the hadith, Anas ibn Malik anhu. he said that people would knock on the door of the Prophet ﷺ using their fingernails. Fingernails. Why? Because when you knock with the fingernails, that is enough for the person inside to find out that you're outside. Alright? Now these days if you knock with a fingernail and somebody is upstairs, they'll never know. So in that situation, what is sufficient? Just ringing the bell once. Khalas. Don't just keep ringing it again and again and again. So what do we learn from this? We need istidhan before entering. Right? Now one more thing. Istidhan, taking permission, is also necessary before leaving. So when you go to somebody's house, you're eating, and then all of a sudden they go to get dessert and they come back and you're not there. <gasps> what happened? Don't just go away from the party without telling them. You need permission before leaving also. Alright? And inshallah we will learn about that later in detail. In Surah An-Nur, Ayah 62, we learn that إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَإِذَا كَانُوا مَعْهُ عَلَىٰ أَمْرٍ جَامِعٍ لَمْ يَذْهَبُوا حَتَّى يَسْتَأْذِنُوا They take permission before leaving. Alright? So this is the etiquette of entering into somebody's private residence. The following is about entering a public place. Alright? Inshallah we will look at that. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا غَيْرَ بُيُوتِكُمْ حَتَّى تَسْتَأْنِسُوا وَتُسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ 
فَإِلَّمْ تَجِدُوا فِيهَا أَحَدًا فَلَا تَدْخُلُوهَا حَتَّى يُؤْذَنَ لَكُمْ وَإِن قِيلَ لَكُمْ ارْجِعُوا فَارْجِعُوا وَأَزْكَى لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ 